19th century poet on recording. And secondly, it's something that Whitman would have absolutely loved, um, especially because uh, his desire to jump off the page was one of the big motivational parts of Leaves of Grass. The recording, which is an alleged recording, we're not sure if this is a real one, allegedly was taken about 1891, which would be putting that at the end of Whitman's life. Uh, Whitman died in 1892 of various illnesses, a very sick old man. And this may come across to you in the way that he sounds in this recording. He is very, very white bearded at this time. He is thinner than the uh, normal images of the good gray poet. He's been through a series of strokes in 1870. And um, he is kind of has in the back of his mind this knowledge that this may be his last chance to really reach out to readers. So you're hearing here a man who's almost like at his deathbed reaching out to a greater audience and also a man who kind of kept active mentally and intellectually and creatively to the very end of his life. He was writing poetry and even at this age very interested in modern technology, was a friend of Edison's, had visited the New York Exhibition Building in the 1870s when new phonographic uh, equipment was, was being made and just greatly admired what Edison was doing and made an effort to connect with Edison and apparently made this amazing recording where we actually get to hear Whitman deliver this very short poem about America. And another thing I wanted to, to add here, just consider the way that he's reciting this piece. Once again, we're, we're seeing a man who's very old here and, and maybe you can hear that he's not exactly, you know, at his best, but the way that he's delivering the sounds of this poem, the urgency of the voice, I think, comes across really strongly and sort of a musical cadence to this whole thing. And even some of the ways that he pronounces the words, for instance, the word ample, he delivers that with force by saying ample. Uh, it sounds explosive. Um, and maybe even betraying some of that Dutch ancestry that he gets from his uh, from his mom's side. But the best part about it maybe is the way that he curls that last word, love. You really hear the love in his voice when he delivers the very last word. And I like to think that over a hundred years after Whitman dies, we still hear this very physical, very sensuous poet come to life in this recording. And for me, the recording is particularly important because he would have been delighted, surprised, and pleased that we would be able to hear his voice uh, so far into the future and that we'd be interested in hearing his voice. The amazing thing here is that we are listening because Whitman during his own time didn't have the reception that he has today, this enormous legacy of listeners that, that he has. Today, we know that he's influenced some of America's greatest poets, and that's something we'll talk about on this series of discussions. For instance, Allen Ginsberg, the beat poet, actually considered himself a 20th century representative, representation of, of Walt Whitman, publishing Howell in 1955 to sort of like celebrate the 100th anniversary of the first publication of Leaves of Grass in 1855. So you have that. You also have poets of color like Langston Hughes directly finding influence in Whitman's outsider poetry. 
writing poetry with titles that echo Whitman's titles. I, too, sing America, says Langston Hughes in answer to Whitman's poem America here. So we know that. We know about the, uh, the important literary legacy that Whitman has had in, in poetry in America. But it's extended so much further. And that's part of the reason that this is, this is such a compelling subject and something that I, I want to share with all of you out there. You know, novelists today consistently kind of reach back to Whitman, finding some sort of inspiration. But it's not only in books. It's on the silver screen that we see Whitman's influence. Um, for instance, the allegedly what is the first uh, art movie made in America, that would be Charles Sheeler's Manhattan from the early 1920s, is actually based on a Whitman poem too, Manhattan. And if you watch the piece, you'll see beautiful shots of 1920s New York juxtaposed with Whitman's lines from all over his poetry. So again, from the first movie to the very latest, where you have Robin Williams playing a Whitman-esque character, Mr. Keating and Dead Poet Society, and even the notebook.